And we're back. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, uh, worshiping with us through that song. Pastor Mari, I got I to gotta tell you, you asked me to play guitar, and I hadn't played in a long time, and so my finger dogs are barking a little bit by the end of that. So uh, I was sort of half in pain and half uh, trying to enjoy the worship. But uh, we do hope that you, uh, you're able to worship. I, we know it's a little different right now uh, in our homes, but we hope that you're still able to connect through, through singing uh, in that way and, and that uh, we, can, uh, we can record that and bless you with that. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series in the book of Acts. And so today we're going to be in Acts uh, chapter 3, the second half of chapter 3. Last week we looked at this miraculous healing of a, blind, of a lame man, uh, and now the, this second half of the story we're going to look at today, which is uh, Peter's response to uh, this miracle. There's a large crowd that gathers uh, because they've seen this miracle, and, uh, and now he's going to proclaim uh, the name of Jesus to him. So we're going to look specifically at this uh, message, this sermon that he gives uh, today. So if you have your Bibles out, uh, flip on over to Acts chapter 3, and we'll be starting in verse 11. We uh, kind of started with a question that had been asked through our comments, so we uh, invite you to continue to interact, ask questions, uh, make comments uh, as we go. We want this to be as interactive as possible. We'll be interacting with each other, and so uh, do that. But the first kind of question we asked is, before the pandemic, before we all had to become hermits in our homes, where were you present with people? And I'd even go a step further to ask, where were you present with people that were non-church related? Uh, people in your neighborhood, people in your workspaces, people uh, out and about. A few of you said uh, 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 you've been present with uh, the, the school bus, I love, like the bus stop, or um, your senior center, or these places where you congregated with people. And particularly today, we're going to ask where you're present uh, with people who, uh, who don't know Jesus, or who, uh, who, aren't, uh, who aren't Christians. Uh, because what, one of, and the way we're going to, um, the way that we're going to kind of frame this is to ask the question, uh, where are your porches? Um, that's how we're going to kind of ask that question this morning. Where are your porches? And that comes from this first verse here in Acts uh, chapter 3. It says this, while the man, this is the man who is uh, lame, while the man uh, held on to Peter and John, he had just been healed, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's porch. Now Solomon's porch was actually a real place in the temple. Uh, it lined the east wall. We actually have a, a picture of it, a rendition of it. So if you take a look at the picture here, you'll see this. This is a rendering of what Solomon's porch would have looked like uh, in Jesus's day. And so this is, if you can imagine the scene, uh, this man had been healed and then there's this large crowd that rushes to them, and they're here in this, uh, in this porch. It was a double colonnade-type uh, structure. And really the main purpose for it in the temple was a space to gather. It was sort of the open area that you could gather. It had a covering so that if it was raining or if there was inclement weather, uh, you could still be covered. But this was really the place where people gathered to uh, congregate, to, to talk, to hear teachings, to talk about the scriptures, uh, a very public place where people would be together and talk, at, talk to each other uh, about the Lord. Uh, Jesus himself actually comes to this. In, in John chapter 10, we find that Jesus is bringing his disciples to Solomon's porch to teach them. This was a very common thing that they did, uh, the rabbis did back in the days. They'd bring their followers and they would teach here in Solomon's porch. So this really was a platform. It was a place where you went 
in order to be heard, in order to be seen, in order to be heard, in order to gather people around you, uh, in order to share, uh, share the good news. And so that's sort of the question we're asking. So the first question we're asking you this morning is, where are your porches? Now, obviously, we're not uh, this, like this picture. We're, we don't have places like that anymore. But really, a porch for you could be any place, any circle where you have some exposure, you have some influence, Maybe you have some relational capital, you've built some relationships over time, and so you've earned the right to kind of speak into people's lives. And so we're asking, where are those porches for you? Where are those circles uh, in your life where you have been there and you now are known there? Maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's a neighborhood, maybe it's, like you said, we said, a workspace or something. But let us know where for you are those porches where people are gathering, where you're getting to know people, and then ideas and conversations are happening. So what are the porches in your life? But the second question we're going to ask, and we think that this, uh, the passage, the text today, specifically uh, um, speaks to this, is what do you do when God moves in the porches of your life? Because again, we saw that last week the the dramatic kind of dynamic way that God was working to reveal himself in the healing of the blind man. And while this doesn't happen all day or every day here uh, today, God does move in, in miraculous ways today, no doubt about that. But um, aside from miraculous healings on the porches of your lives, what do we do when God does move? Because we believe God does move in those moments and in those circles of your life. Uh, maybe it's uh, you've been in a situation where you've been connecting with someone and you just, I don't know if you've felt this, where it just feels like God is moving, like there's this holy conversation that's starting. It feels like the air is a little thicker. It feels like um, that, that there's almost like a, a kind of energy in the air because the Holy Spirit is moving because this person that you've been talking with for a long time all of a sudden is starting to ask questions or has an has a, a issue and you feel like you can speak into that. And there's this real palpable feeling that God is moving and we're having a, a holy conversation right now. When those things happen, what are some of the things we can do to leverage the situation? What are some things we can do to really harness God's power on the porch, uh, on the porches of your life, when you feel like a holy moment is happening, like, like uh, Peter and John find themselves here? What can we do, or what do we see Peter do to really harness that power in order to proclaim who Jesus is? So the second question would be, how do we harness the Spirit's power on those porches. So let's identify what porches we do have, and then what are some of the things that we can do when we feel like God's Spirit is moving and stirring on one of those porches. And so we're going to look at a couple of those today. So the first one uh, that we see Peter do is we see Peter really refocus his attention to Jesus. uh, Peter is going to refocus uh, the crowd's attention to Jesus. Here's a couple of of, uh, verses here that we see that. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness that we have made this man walk? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all See, Mario, as I read this, I just the name of Jesus keeps jumping out. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Because they're looking at Peter 
and thinking by his own power, or I love that, his own godliness, his own spiritual might that he, he made this thing happen. But Peter really refocuses that attention back onto Jesus. What, what, what did you see from that? Yeah, and I, one of the things I want to talk about in answering that question is a couple of the layers that we see happening mm-hmm. in this passage of text. Of course, we understand from the context here that Peter is, is talking to a Jewish, Jewish audience, which Pastor Brian will, um, will address in a few minutes. But I want us to kind of look at um, kind of the other layer that's happening here. Uh, the book of Acts being, of course, written by the, uh, by the man we know as Luke, Dr. Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And one of the things that Luke talks to us about in both the beginning of the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts here is that he is writing this letter, this narrative, to a man named Theophilus. Mm-hmm. And Theophilus, we understand, uh, is probably somebody that uh, has a little bit of clout, a little bit of authority yeah. within the Roman culture, mm-hmm. within the Roman world, maybe a dignitary or something like that. And if you can put yourself in the, the shoes of a first century Roman citizen at the time, uh, Christianity is brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at that point, I, I believe we could say it was a cult of the Jewish religion. Sure. Right? It came yeah. from the yep. Jewish religion. It seemed really weird to people who were Roman because Christians would, were gathering and, and having this thing they, they referred to as the Lord's Supper. And they were eating the body and drinking the blood yeah. of Jesus. It was just really weird. Yeah, yeah. It was just really freaky to them at the time, right? Um, they were being baptized into the name of this character, this guy named Jesus, mm-hmm. and and of course the name Jesus itself was a was a common name, mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it was uh, you know it was it was uh, there was a couple other Jesuses that are mentioned in the Bible, uh, and so put yourself in that shoes of this guy Theophilus, mm-hmm. and now as you're reading this narrative of what's what's going on here, and Peter's saying, listen, it's not by my power. It's by the power of this man, Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's so cool how he, he refers to Jesus by name. And even prior to these verses in, in, chapter, in verse 11 and up in verse 6, he actually says that. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hmm. And so we, he's really adamant about making sure that there is no misunderstanding of who we're talking about here, hmm. who the power is coming from. It's coming from the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there's another layer here that we could look at in our life today, right? Because the scripture was written to, a, to a, an audience back then, 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. but yet it applies to our life today. You know, when we think about who are we following, who are we serving, who, is, um, who do we believe has the miracle power, yeah. it's Jesus of Nazareth. And we should be very careful in our walk with Christ that we don't follow a different Jesus, that we don't follow the uh, Jesus of, of false religion mm-hmm. or of cults or of anything else, but we follow the Jesus that is described and, and talked about in the scriptures, Jesus of Nazareth. Because I can tell you what, there's a lot of folks nowadays that will, that will get your eyes off of the real Jesus mm-hmm. and focus you on a, a false Jesus. Yeah. But the point we want to make this morning is we need to be refocused. We need to have our attention on Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the name, yeah, the the specifically naming Jesus. Because I find in uh, our world, in our porches that Molly and I are part of, um, people are willing to talk about spiritual things Mm -hmm. 
right? And so they'll use words like the universe yeah. or, uh, uh, or we're sending you good vibes. I remember <laughs> yeah, when yeah. we were planning our church, our, our launch service, uh, when we were living in Rochester, we had uh, friends uh, who, who weren't followers of Jesus. They didn't believe in, in God, uh, but they were a part of our, one of our porches mm-hmm. that we were getting to know. We were building relationships. And so they text us. They wanted to encourage us that morning, but they didn't know what to say. So they just wrote, you know, we're sending you, uh, we're sending you positive vibes. We're sending you good vibes, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I find this. I'm sitting on the porches of my life, and I'm getting to know people, and I'm uh, having these conversations. It's important for me, and 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 Peter's here. Uh, it's it's important too, is to make sure we're naming Jesus. Yeah. When it's not some, uh, yeah, some universe or spirituality thing, but that it's it's Jesus we're yeah. talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've you've experienced that sort of the, the vibes of the yeah, you know, the, I mean, especially I'm on a lot of social media and you see that all the time, sure. right? The good vibes, yeah, um, right, yeah. The thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, right? Right. right. <laughs> Why don't we just come right out and say I'm praying to Jesus right. about this for you, right. right? Like there's this there's this right crossing the line of do I do I just make it the generic God or or do I actually say Jesus, mm-hmm. right? There's definitely some of that in our culture today. Absolutely. And so again, when we, we are identifying your porches, what are the circles of life where you have influence, where you have relational capital, things of that nature? Uh, what do we do when God moves, when those holy conversations come up? The first thing that we want to emphasize here today is that we use the name Jesus, that we talk about Jesus, that we, we don't slip just into a more easier general uh, a spirituality conversation, um, but that we're making sure that people know that we follow the one true Jesus. We believe that's the one that's ultimately going to bring healing, yeah. right? We see here physically, but also spiritually, spiritual healing that I think lots of people right now with COVID-19, uh, they're, they're asking questions and they're, yeah. they need a spiritual healing. And it's Jesus of Nazareth. It's uh, Jesus, the Lord, God, he, the name of Jesus that's going to do that. So this is, this is something that's uh, important. What's another thing that we see Peter do uh, when he gets in the midst of sort of one of those Holy Spirit moments on one of his porches? He relates his, their experience to Jesus. He actually knows his audience, and then he relates their experience to Jesus. Get, uh, take a look here, uh, picking up here in verse 13. It says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And what, what I'd like you to do is you just look at the scripture for a second. Just notice all the different ways he uses to describe who Jesus is, right? He says right off the top, he says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then goes right into the God of our fathers. He uses that inclusive language there to say, I'm, I'm part of this. I'm, I'm relating to you on this level. He goes on to say, uh, calls him the holy and righteous one, if you see that there. And then the author of life a little bit later. See, what's happening here is Peter knows his audience. And so like what Pastor Mario was saying, uh, Luke, who's the author here, he's writing to a different audience. He's writing to more of a Roman Greek, uh, uh, maybe even the word secular audience here. And so he's going to do things uh, sometimes in the passages in Acts in order to make it relatable to people who don't have that background. But for 
for Peter, who's talking to a Jewish audience, he's in the temple. You're not going to get much Jewish, more Jewish than uh, on the temple grounds at that point. Uh, He's talking to a different audience, and so he's going to use language, he's going to use examples, he's going to use words uh, to really help relate to that audience. So again, if you look at it, he says, uh, first he uses different language. He says, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That wouldn't mean anything to a Roman, but that means something very significant uh, to a Jewish person. Or he calls uh, Jesus the holy and righteous one. And if you notice, it's capitalized in your text. And the reason is, is because that's a specific title given to the Messiah. That is a specific title given of God uh, that, that, was, that, they, that they called the Lord. And so to use that title in relation to Jesus is, again, saying something very significant that they would have picked up on because that's their language. That's, that's sort of the language they use. Or I love this one when he calls Jesus the author of life. You see, the idea of life was a significant theme and is a significant theme in the Bible. You see this idea of life. Uh, people in the Bible were asking the question, how do I live uh, uh, in right rhythm, in right life uh, with God. And this, is, this goes beyond salvation. This really does go into uh, living in, in good harmony and rhythm with God. And so you see this all through the scriptures, this idea of, of life coming out. In Genesis, God breathes the breath of life into us. Then he gives us the tree of life. Uh, in 1 Samuel, uh, he talks about we are bound securely by God in the bundle of life. Psalm calls, uh, calls it the fountain of life, or Proverbs, the well of life. Ezekiel calls uh, God's law the statutes of life. These bring life to us. Malachi calls uh, God's uh, relationship with us a covenant of life. And it doesn't just stop in the, New Testament, or in the Old Testament. It continues on in the New Testament. Because one of the common questions amongst lots of rabbis and people of that day was, how do you inherit eternal life. Jesus has asked this question quite often, and so he talks about how do we live in right rhythm? How do we live in eternal life that starts today with God? Jesus calls himself the resurrection of life. He calls himself the bread of life. He calls himself the light of life. So then when Peter is talking to a Jewish audience and says, Jesus is the author of life. He's the beginning of all of this. He's, he's the starter and the spark of all of this life talk that we've been having for generations and generations. That would be something very, very significant to it. All of this is to say that Paul, Peter knows his audience, and he's going to use language, he's going to use themes, he's going to use things that they're going to be able to understand in that day. And then, towards the end of our passage today, he pulls out the big guns. <laughs> he starts referencing their history, Right? He talks about Moses. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise you up for you, a prophet like me among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. So he says, listen, Moses was pointing to Jesus. Then he talks about Samuel and the prophets. He says, indeed, beginning with Samuel and all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. So he said, hey, you better listen to, if you're not going to listen to me, you're going to listen to Moses, you're going to listen to Samuel, you're going to listen to the prophets, and then Mario, he pulls the big, big gun, he mm-hmm. goes straight for Abraham, their father, <laughs> right, the, the father of right. the nation, and he says, even Abraham, you, have, you are heirs of the prophet and the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. That's the end of chapter three here in the book of Acts, right, so he not only uses language they get, Uh, But he's going to then call on their history and their past 
past and all the things that they find valuable, all in a way to relate it, their experience, back to who Jesus is. And so that's one thing that we need to keep in mind is uh, let's not be so, I, I say this to students sometimes, let's not be so weird about, about uh, our, our faith. Uh, can we figure out ways to talk to our neighbors, talk to our friends, talk to our coworkers that isn't filled with uh, like Christianese mm -hmm. and weird metaphors, and we use things in the Bible because we're really used to it, but uh, <laughs> one person once said to me, when you talk about the fire of God, if you haven't grown up in the church, that just sounds super weird. Like nobody knows, or the blood of Christ. Like all this stuff is, is true, but people... In, in our in our porches don't get that stuff i don't know if you've ever had like have you've had that sort of that idea of just making sure our language is communicating truth pushing the name of jesus making sure we're, we're talking real stuff here but let's do it in a way that isn't isn't so strange uh, to people out in the world we see this happening with peter as well so he is refocusing on jesus he's relating the message to his audience and then finally he does one more thing he he calls them to repentance he calls them not just he doesn't stay just with the relation uh, relating thing and kind of live in that circle but he does go over that line he does cross that line to say but at the end of the day we actually do need to talk about sin we do need to talk about repentance we do need to talk about turning around and moving in another direction uh acts uh starting in in verse 17 now fellow israelites i know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders but this is how god fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his messiah would suffer repent then and turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the lord and that he may send the messiah who has been appointed for you even jesus talk a little bit mario about this repentance thing Praise God. I mean, if you want to know this morning what it means to be a follower of Christ, here it is. Yeah. It's right here. Two verses, two, three verses here. Uh, the, the, the fact that, that Peter here is calling people to repentance. He's calling them his Jewish brothers. He actually says that. Now, brothers, hmm. I know you acted in ignorance. And he says, now repent. And what's so great about this passage, uh, Brian, is... Yeah is what you've already mentioned is he relates it back to the old testament he relates it back to the scriptures mm -hmm. what god has fulfilled and foretold through all the prophets you know the message of the bible the storyline of the bible as we say yeah. is that god has um, god has revealed himself he's revealed his glory to all humanity and as adam and eve sinned in the garden and the fall of man uh, takes place we see that throughout the scripture, God is constantly calling his people back to himself through repentance. We see that throughout the, all the Old Testament, whether it's God dealing with the nation of Israel and calling them back to repentance, turn to me so your sins would be washed away and white as snow. You know, it's this constant call of God to repentance that we would turn from sin, we would turn from our wicked ways, and we would follow Jesus Christ, the right Jesus, as we mentioned yeah. already, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and so as, as Peter is preaching here, and he's, he's laying it right down. He's, he's calling these folks out. He's, ask, he's telling them, listen, you need to step across that line of faith. You need to turn from your sin and, and put your faith in Jesus. And what is so cool in this passage is that um, God uses this miracle as an instrument to call these folks to repentance. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times in, in, in our culture today, 
we see people uh, performing miracles. We see people trying to do the supernatural things. And a lot of times, that call to repentance is not there. Right. It's always just the miracle for the sake of a miracle. Or the Holy Spirit's power in coming down and doing all these things. I almost started talking like a, like a television. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let us pray, you know. Preach it. You know what I mean? Like we get, we get so excited and so rallied up about the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But yet, we never, we never call people to repentance. Yeah. Listen, warning number one. If, if, you are in a, in a, if you watch a church service or you're around someone who is all about the Holy Spirit's power, but they're not calling people to repentance and to faith in Jesus Christ, walk away. Yeah. Right? Because what we see happening here in the scripture is that there's, the miracle is connected to calling people to faith in Jesus Christ through repentance. And another point here is that this is the second miracle we see happening in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. The first one being the Holy Spirit coming down on the day of Pentecost right, where they start speaking in tongues. And in, in the response to that miracle, the response is, what shall we do? And it's the same message by Peter, repent yeah. mm -hmm. and believe. And so we see happening here is that God has definitely um, scripture laid out for us that we should, we should turn from our sin, we should turn to the Lord. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So for me, as we kind of bat around here, mm -hmm. I struggle with the tension between the relating and the call to repentance, yeah. right? Because um, I want to seem normal. I I'm fairly normal, right? Maybe, maybe others you would disagree out there, but I, you know, I I'd like to think I'm fairly normal. And so when, I when I'm on a porch, um, when I'm on one of my porches in my life and I'm connecting with people, I want, the, I want this message to be relatable. I feel like, yeah, there's so much misconception about Christianity. And like you talked mm -hmm. about the televangelist and, the, and, and all of this stuff, that there is this perception of what Jesus and what Christianity is for people who haven't actually come and experienced it. They yeah. just have watched it from the TV or they've, watched, they've seen the news clicks and the clickbait and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, they formulate an opinion about Christianity from that. And so I feel a real burden to relate Christianity, relate the name of Jesus to their everyday lives. And so I'm very, I'd say if, you know, that tension of that, I'm much more lean towards the be very down to earth, talk very generally at times about it, don't want to push it on you, don't want to come across as uh, judgy or preachy or all that stuff. And I can sometimes slip into the, the forgetting that actually, though, at the end of the day, though, I have to call them to repentance. Yeah. And I have to be okay with the fact that, and, and Paul talks about this, right? That the gospel to some is going to be a sweet fragrance, mm -hmm. and to others it's going to be the stench of death. Yeah. And we just have to kind of be okay with that. Yeah. And yeah. for me, because I love these people on my porches so much, I'm scared to let them get that, you know, get a sniff. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm scared that it will be, ugh, it'll be repugnant, and they won't want it. And then uh, I feel like. I've lost, or I feel like I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So there's that tension of relating and making it making it palpable, but not so palpable that you're you're removing the true nature, the power of the gospel, which yeah. is repentance and, and turning and coming to life. Yeah, and I think at the same point, you know, we are talking about calling people to repentance, but at the same point, I don't think we need to walk around with signs on our back that sure. says, you know, the world is ending, <laughs> right. turn or burn, or right. you know what I mean? Right. The because, blowhorn guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's a place for that, but the scripture does say that uh, in. in Paul talks about this. Listen, I watered, right? He used that mm -hmm. image of I watered, someone else planted a seed, but it's God who brought that yes. fruit. You know, and so what the opportunities you have as you serve the Lord, 
but I think the problem is when you don't have a mindset that, listen, I need to be a witness for Christ. Mm -hmm. I, need to know, I need to know in the back of my mind that, um, that everything I say and do is going right. to be looked at by people. Right. And they're going to actually judge Jesus by the way I represent Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if I represent Jesus inaccurately, um, that's going to actually turn people away. Yeah. So yeah, so here's right. We're not saying don't don't come right out and tell people that right. they need to be uh, right. saved, they need to be repented, uh, they need to repent. But but God has us in different situations in our life, right? Different porches. Yep. Uh, right? Yeah. Different, different porches. porches. Totally. Um, different different scenarios. Right. Yeah. And so I think yeah. So sort of that relate versus repent. Uh, there's a tension there, and we don't want to swing in either direction, right? Because right. we see this happening with, with in the scripture today. Peter is relating uh, the, the message, but he's also calling to repent, right? And yeah. so if you swing too far in the relation, relationship relating role, uh, you might never use the name of Jesus. You might never call anyone to repentance. You might not ever call anyone to make a choice or a decision, or here it is, we'd love for you to, you know, make that next step. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And then the other extreme then is only repentance, kind of like what you're talking, blowhorn guy, you know, turn or burn, right? And there's no, uh, there is absolutely no uh, attempt to relate this at all to where a person's at to get to know them. So we see Peter do both of these yeah. things in the passage, and that's, it's a good template for us on whatever porches we are, is to make sure that, that we have both in balance and yeah. in line. Totally, right? For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What would you say, Mario, is one of your porches? We're talking about our different porches. What would you say yeah. for in your life, you and uh, Denise, uh, what's one of your porches that you guys are, you know, intentionally being aware of? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of the name of I, Jesus. I, right now, for us, it's our family. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have um, our family right now. Is like I mentioned. I actually shared this last week. Just going through a hard time uh, medically. Denise's side of the family. So being able to just be there, uh, be a Christ witness for them, mm -hmm. to be able to um, to talk about Christ and and to share with the gospel, to share the scriptures. Um, and again, we're not we're not just blasting people on Facebook or on sure. you know, FaceTime <laughs> and Zoom and all yeah. that. But we're just being present with people mm -hmm. and knowing they know that they know we're. They know we're believers. They know I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in, in uh, the ministry. Yeah. And uh, and we love them, uh, even though sometimes um, that may turn people off. You know. Yeah. Uh, things like that. We totally. Just, you know, you just love people where they're at, and right now for us, it's in our family, and and doing that, and just being being present with people. Yep. You know? Yeah. For us, one of I, and I talk about this a lot. One of our uh, porches is our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, my my wife Molly, she even put. Um, for us, one of our porches is literally our porch. Uh, we kind of have a front front patio porch. Yeah. And for us, we've made the conscious decision to say we are going to spend more time in our front yard than our backyard. Yeah. Right. And I think that this is something that uh, requires intentionality because we want to just kind of escape to our backyard where it's private, where we can just kind of get away and be alone. And there's times for that, for yeah. sure. Um, but we have decided as a family, when we first moved in, we said we are going to be a family that spends more time in the front yard than the backyard. And from that, neighbors who've walked by, next door neighbors that want to, you know, the kids that want to play with our kids, we have developed a, a really tight uh, community right now uh, where, uh, where gospel uh, conversations are happening. And so that's been really, that's been really exciting for us. Uh, another porch for me that I, I had back in Rochester was actually a basketball uh, game. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I did a pickup basketball game. And for a while, I was doing it with a bunch of uh, Christians at a church. And I realized I really need more porches in my life. I need more places where I can be. So I kind of left that game and found a kind of a pickup game in a gym uh, at, at lunchtime. So a bunch of professionals would come in and we would get to know each other. And so that was, that was a porch that I developed. And I remember uh, there was one time... Uh, 
we, we were done, everyone kind of went home, and I was just kind of sticking around a little bit, and a guy named Mike was kind of uh, taking his time too. And so everyone else had left, it was just him and I, and uh, kind of like just casually, you know, where you just say, so how you doing, Mike? And right, mm -hmm. it's sort of like, you, it's a question, but it's not really a question. You're just kind of like, how you doing? Good, I'm good, right? And uh, I remember, I'll never forget, he goes, uh, I'm not, actually, I'm not doing too well. And he knew what I did, and he knew what I was, uh, you know, what, what I did for a living, and uh, he said, actually, I'm not doing right now. I just found out that my daughter has cancer. Mm. And when we talk about sort of those holy conversations, those yeah. holy moments, the second he said that, like the spirit, you know, you just felt the yeah. air in the room uh, get heavy, that you knew that God had orchestrated this, and now is the time that he was searching and seeking. And we spent an hour just mm. sitting around talking, talked about his daughter Hannah, and uh, what he, you know, his fear and uh, his whole world was turned upside down. And it was, that, it was, yeah, that Holy Spirit, Holy Conversation moment that took place at that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just had to remind myself some of these things that I want to make sure that I'm using the name Jesus. I'm yeah. talking about Jesus, not just thoughts and prayers, but yeah. talk about Jesus, talk about uh, relating it to his life, you know, mm -hmm. trying to, to be a, a normal person, right? And, uh, but at the same time, talking about the hope we find in Jesus. Now, I didn't give him a, a turn or burn sermon, right, as he's talking about his dot, right? But talking about the hope we have in Jesus and that you could have that too. Um, that was one of my, that was one of those moments for me that really felt that. For you, I don't know, mm -hmm. what are your porches? We'd love yeah. to continue to hear uh, yeah. maybe stories of those moments that we find here in Acts, right? God does something big. And the moment is right. A crowd comes, and he's standing on that porch, mm -hmm. and that Holy Spirit conversation starts to happen. Uh, have you had one? We'd love to hear some stories yeah. of you where you were on a porch in your life, and something happened, a question was asked, a, 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 a topic came up, and it really led to a Holy Spirit yeah. moment. Ma Mario, you yeah. talked, oh yeah, what did you, well, say, what you got there? Naomi here is uh, saying her, one of her porches is being on the PTO at school and working awesome. with other parents. Yes. I think that's a great, thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. That's a great um, example of just being used wherever God has you serving. Yeah. And that, you know, it's not necessarily a religious right. thing to be on the PTO. But, and that's kind of what we want to say. Right? Is it, yeah, uh, yeah, porch can be anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of what that's kind of what guided me as I served in the Marines, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through those years is because I was really impacted uh, probably about 1996 or so. I heard a sermon about Paul, the tent maker mm -hmm. and how, you know, it says in, in, in Acts chapter 18, as he went into Corinth, he made tents because that's what he did. But he used that as a means to share the gospel. Yeah. And uh, and so that was kind of my um, my perspective serving in the military mm -hmm. was. Yeah, I'm gonna let God use me right where I'm at in the career field where I'm at. Doesn't I? I didn't need to be a pastor or a yeah. clergy. I could just be used by God right where I was at. Right. And and I, it was a blessed time. Yeah. You know. And so that's great, Naomi. Thank, thank you for Naomi. sharing that. Yeah. That's. I think that falls right in there, right? Yep. We refocus on Jesus. We relate the message to our audience, to the people that they're hearing it, and we make sure that we are call at some point we are calling to repentance, making a decision. These are some really important things lessons we can take from this uh, when we find ourselves on our porches. Yeah. I know for me, I, um, so when we moved into our neighborhood, um, people knew that I was a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think like the rumors went around the neighborhood, like, uh-oh, a pastor is moving into the, <laughs> and so I remember a year later after we moved, we were at the, our neighborhood Christmas party and my next door neighbor, he said, uh, he said, you know, you know, it's been a year since you moved in. You know, I was pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous when you moved in and I heard that you, know, you were a pastor and I've got a pastor <laughs> living next door, which I think kind of goes to the point we were talking about 
the misconception people have, mm -hmm. right? That what's this guy, what's this crazy pastor guy going to do, right? Or, or even for all of you, like if, when people find out you're a Christian, right? Does yeah, right. They, they might look at you a, a little differently, right? Or they might, you know, or you mentioned you go to church or, and it's, it's almost like a wall mm -hmm. for a lot of people, a wall's going to go up and you have to, with the relating, you have to break that down. And so he said to me, he goes, he goes, so I was, you know, once I found out, he, this was his words. He says, once I realized you were normal, uh, I felt a lot better. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's good. good. You know, I'm, I'm glad that, that you at least find me somewhat, uh, somewhat normal. But it's true. When people find out that you're a Christian, when people find out you go to church, for a lot of people, that's a red flag yeah, at right. first. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to relate, use language, help people see but then again, not the other, not not what, not that extreme of just the never talking about, um, never talking about repentance, never talking about Jesus. That's something that definitely yeah. is there. Amen. We want to talk uh, uh, just a little bit uh, about um, one of the porches our church is uh, mm -hmm. moving uh, towards. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit already, but uh, we're excited that we are starting to move forward with plans. Uh, to replant a church, planting a church uh, from the Harris Hill Baptist Church. And so you're going to hear a lot more of that as time goes on. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Pastor Jonathan, who's the pastor of that church. We're going to help uh, bring him on more, uh, have a little more exposure to you as you get to know them. Uh, we're forming a team. Uh, if you were at our annual meeting last week, uh, we talked about some of our elders that are, uh, uh, that are choosing to spend more of their time pointed in that direction. And the reason we do this is because as a church, we've talked about sort of individually the different porches we have, but we as a church also have porches. We also have uh, collectively places that we want to be present. And this is one for us that we really do, uh, are, we re really are excited about, is the ability to go into a new place. Uh, we're eyeing the hollow, we're eyeing uh, Clarence Hollow because there's very little uh, evangelical uh, church uh, representation there. Um, and we're just, we're just praying over that porch, particularly as a church, and saying, where can we uh, create a new environment for people to explore Jesus? And so th that's an exciting porch that we have seen um, as, as an opportunity. And God has kind of put Harris Hill Baptist Church and us in partnership together. And uh, we're really excited about that. So if you're more, if you're interested in that, if you're interested in, uh, in joining that conversation, if you're interested in even exploring what it might look like for you to be part of that planting team, uh, please reach out to us. You can, uh, you can email the, the church office at office at randallchurch.org. Uh, we would love to connect you a little more uh, to the people and the conversation that's going around about that porch over in, uh, over in Clarence Hollow. So some exciting stuff for us. Uh, as well. Uh, Mario, why don't you uh, kind of walk us through uh, what this week looks like. It's a little different with Memorial yeah. Day, but walk us through what, uh, what the week holds mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, so uh, again, this evening we've got um, our high school Zoom group will be happening at 6 p.m., and that email will go out this afternoon with the uh, login information. Uh, tomorrow, which is normally the uh, Pastor Milo and Aaron virtual group, will not happen because of Memorial Day. And we do want to say a special, uh, we want to thank those um, Families who maybe have lost someone in the service of our country, thank you for uh, making that sacrifice. We honor those folks um, by not having any activities tomorrow. The office will be closed mm -hmm. as well. The office will be closed. Um, so we want to make sure we recognize uh, that day tomorrow, Memorial Day. Uh, Tuesday will be our Randall Youth uh, Tuesday at 2. And if it works out, we're actually going to be having, join, we're going to join with us on Tuesday will be two missionaries from Honduras. Ooh. Cool. So they'll be joining us hopefully by via Zoom. Mm -hmm. So um, so you want to be in on that. Uh, Tuesday evening will be our middle school group at 6.30 via Zoom. You'll get that log information. 
Wednesday night, Pastor Brian and, and, and his wife will be uh, hosting their virtual group at 8.30. Now, I want to do mention here that um, both of the virtual groups, Pastor Milo's on Monday and Pastor Brian's on Wednesday, currently those are on Facebook, mm -hmm. but they will be transitioning to Zoom next week. Yes. So, uh, so join us this week on Facebook, and we will send out that information for you mm -hmm. to join us on Zoom uh, after this week. So just be aware of that. Uh, and let your friends know or in your family who join us for those nights. Thursday night partner groups are still meeting. Uh, you should be receiving information from those groups about uh, times and all that kind of stuff. If you're not, please email us at the office uh, or get a hold of those groups so that you can find out uh, what's going on there. Saturday night Randall Kids slideshow should be emailed to the parents. I received mine yesterday. I was actually able to answer a question uh, one, of the, one of the children had, so that was great. I yeah. was able to be a part of that. And then we're going to meet again next Sunday at 1015 for our virtual worship gathering. So thank you so much for joining us uh, as we have been doing this over the last, I think this is week 10 now. Is it really? Is it week 10? It or? all bleeds together yeah, at this I'm point. Not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us uh, on a weekly basis. And thank you so much for continuing to, to give and to support uh, the ministries that are happening here. You can uh, continue to do that, give.randallchurch.org. We are still able to... Uh, to provide for our missionaries that we're supporting. We're still able to continue the work here of the church that's happening. And um, so thank you for that. We, uh, we were blessed by being in a church that is uh, so loving and so giving and uh, being able to do that. Yeah. And for uh, a presence project, we talk about these presence projects we do to help uh, connect our community, help connect uh, uh, our church to each other. Um, this week, we're going to help uh, one of our own, uh, Sandy Rose, uh, who's been part of our con uh, congregation and the entire Gross family. Uh, they, are, uh, they are leaving soon uh, for their next uh, military call, military duty, and so they are uh, moving, moving on. Uh, thankfully, the, the internet and Facebook and all that stuff will help us connect with them still, even as <laughs> yeah. they go, but physically they are moving away, and Sandy could use some help moving tomorrow. And we actually talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about the temple, right? And the temple, how we work as a temple of the Holy Spirit, how we love each other is the best way to share the, with the world what, how God loves them. And so when we help, when we bring meals to each other, uh, I know that Adam and Michelle Richbart, they had their, their son, Dak. Uh, again, all the weeks bleed together, mm -hmm. so forgive me. Two, three, four weeks ago, <laughs> I can't remember anymore. Well, uh, the Clarence Corridor and their mom and the moms groups that uh, and uh, different people from the church have been sending meals as a way to say we love each other, we support each other as as a church family. Uh, again, as a signpost to the world of what it's like. Yeah. This is another good example where we can, when somebody is in need of moving, we as a church can rally around that. Uh, be there, help it as a way to, for neighbors and for others to look at and say, well, I have to hire a mover. What is it? What is these crazy people coming in and helping move? We will do it all at a safe distance. I know Mario, you'll yeah. be there. Yeah. So he'll help, or Mario's going to help organize that and help uh, get that. But if you're interested, if you've got some free time, do you know what time it is? Uh, I want to say one o'clock and really we only need maybe two more, two more guys. Two or three more people, right. Yeah. So let's, we won't, yeah, we don't need 80 people showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah. Uh, if you, so if you're interested in that, email the church, email office at randallchurch.org and uh, Mario will reach back out to you and uh, coordinate a time, but you're thinking around one o'clock? I think it was one o'clock. Yeah, okay, one o'clock. Yeah. But again, these are presence projects. These are ways that we can be present in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and help those around to see that. So we'd hope that through this, Sandy's neighbors might look on. Yeah. They've seen the faith. They've seen her sign. Mm -hmm. They've seen her uh, uh, Randall Church Loves You sign, and now Randall Church is going to come help her move out as a way to show that entire complex 
uh, what it is to be part of God's, uh, God's house, God's temple, God's people. So let us know, uh, office at randallchurch.org, if you're available for that. With that, we want to bid you a, a happy, safe uh, Memorial Day weekend. We hope that you enjoy it uh, with family, uh, with friends, uh, maybe on a porch. Uh, sit six feet away, uh, sit in your front yard this weekend, say hi to neighbors as they pass by. Uh, let us uh, make sure, as we sit on the porches of our lives, uh, that we're using the name of Jesus. We're refocusing the attention back on Jesus. We're relating this message so uh, our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends can understand it. But ultimately, we are uh, calling them to repentance so that they might understand what life and life to the full in Jesus is. So enjoy your porches, both literally and figuratively this weekend. Stay safe. We love you. Have a great Memorial Day. Grace and peace. Take care.